0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is AJ. And I'm Bill. And welcome to A&B Sports Media, the podcast. Um, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been too long. It's, it's been way too long. Um, I shall take the brunt of that. There's just been personal things where I got a new jobs, so it was a little rough, and then we also had some technical issues. So
1: Yeah, OnlyFans is a really tough job, AJ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, you gotta you got, you got to please people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had... Had some some difficulties, but we're back. Uh, and we, action. We actually did record um, two episodes beforehand, so honestly, we'll probably archive those um, in, in case we ever want to go back and just listen to us being a-holes, and that'll be that'll be good for for whatever for friggin' reason. But. Yeah,
1: it's the ultimate super secret, you know, contributor, um, whatever they call it, like the what's the thing called Patreon. There if you we go. ever make a Patreon, there you go. those two shitty episodes will be all yours. Where it's bad voice, bad, um, bad quality, everything, and you can listen to us.
0: Yeah, you can listen. We'll archive it, and it'll be something um, down the line. But yeah. I at least wanted to give that just because we have not gone for a few weeks. Um, but really? hey, hey, we're back. So um,
1: rejoice, all
0: six of you. Something, yeah. <laughs> uh, something I did in every single episode that hasn't released, ex- um, except for now is get, we really want you guys to, like, kind of, like, we want to engage with you guys. We want you guys to, to follow our accounts because we want to grow, um, especially on social and build that community. And we also just want to, like, talk talk to you guys, um, to the six people that listen. But you know what? That's six, six, six people we want to we talk to. You. So um, our Twitter handle is at AMB Sports Media. So please, guys, give us a follow. Um, please. You know, add us. Just talk please. to us. We, we would love to talk to you guys. Um, also, you can follow us and share us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please. Um, that would be huge. But, um, email. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll get to the email in a second. Okay. Um, we did get one, finally. Did we get one? We did, but it's nothing good. Okay. Oh, well, at that point then, also our email, which, Bill, since you made it, I want you to say it.
1: Yes, because I made it because this is before the podcast fully started. This is BillAndAJMedia at gmail.com. We did get one uh, email from an advertisement from Alex Sanfilippo, sorry, and you are the founder of Pod Pros. Good for you. Way to reach out to us. I don't know if we're going to do anything with you yet, but give it some time.
0: Honestly, yeah, give us some time. Definitely definitely intrigued. But we look, appreciate you. I, I have to look into that more. Yes. I didn't even know we got one. Yeah, there was no. one
1: email. Otherwise, it's just Twitter well, from what we posted on Twitter oh, okay. and stuff. But otherwise, yes. Bill and AJ Media at gmail.com. Please send any questions, concerns, comments, insults. It doesn't matter. We want to be able to read them on the podcast. 100%. Um, and I, and
0: And... Bill actually has a recap for us because oh yes from the we, past two episodes yeah from the past two episodes the unaired episodes the the mythical episodes there's
1: actually six now I forgot number six but either way um, here's the quick recap of the last uh, two episodes the World Baseball Classic epic the UFC fight recently with the refs rigged <laughs> the MLB. Also rigged. Fuck you, Angel Hernandez. If that gets me un- unsponsored for whatever reason, I completely understand. Yeah. Sixers. Epic. Go and bead. Flyers. What else is new? Trash. And number uh, number six, Formula One. Fernando Alonso. That's Ooh. it. All right. That yes. is it. Just Fernando
0: Alonso. I think that's a good recap. <laughs> yes, I think it, it is. A good recap. Um, I think, Bill, we want to start with uh, today's sports history first. Yes,
1: we do. And I want you to get at this. 1915 on April 5th. Jess Willard knocks out Jack Johnson after 26 rounds. Holy crap! Yeah, they don't do that anymore. I wonder why. With the heavyweight boxing title fight, uh, fight sorry, in front of 25,000 fans in at the Oriental Park Racetrack in Havana, Cuba. Nice. So That's a big one. But yeah, can you imagine doing even doing, 26 yes. rounds?
0: Oh my god! Doing doing like 12 or 15 rounds alone.
1: Yes, it's horrible. Um, we'll go to 1927. Johnny Weissmuller sets world records in both 100-meter and 200-meter freestyle swimming events. I guess that's, like, one of the first times that it happens. Um, okay. Oh, okay. We got, um, oh, that's the 23rd, so we're going to move on to that. We're going to go over to, uh, 1967. Wilt Chamberlain sets the NBA record of 41 rebounds. Wilt Chamberlain has so many. That's a lot of rebounds. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, here's a cool one. 1973. Uh, NFL adopts jersey numbering system. So, i.e., like, example, QBs being between 1 and 19.
0: Oh, uh, so what, what they do. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: they, so in on 1973, they did that. So, it's wild. Um, I think that's around when... I forget when the actual merger of the <laughs> NFL was. She appears again. Uh-oh. 1975, American Tennis number 1, Chris Everett, wins her third WTA Tour Championship and beats um, at the Los Angeles Sports Arena and beats Martina Navratova. Hey. I've been saying her name you every week in sports history, too. And it's getting and better. <laughs> it is, because I'm finally learning it. I should really look it up. Here's a good one from the good old days of the Flyers in 1981. Philadelphia Flyers, a mass of, a mass record of two thousand six hundred and twenty one penalty mi- minutes. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's starting the Broad Street Bullies career.
0: And uh, we miss it. We do. I really do. Really, miss this really do. Oh my God. Oh,
1: speaking of Wilt, but we're not going to Wilt Chamberlain right now. Nineteen eighty four, Kareem Abdul Jabbar breaks Wilt Chamberlain's all time career scoring record of three thousand uh, one. Sorry, thirty one thousand four hundred and nineteen points. He beat it at 31,421. So one three pointer set it all away. Up, Wayne Gretzky in 1987 wins his seventh straight NHL scoring title. Holy crap. Um, Oh, God, that's actually a good one for baseball. 1989, um, Los Angeles Dodger Oral Hershers consecutive scoreless streak of 59 innings. Wow. On April 5th. So for 59 innings. He was just wow. killing it. Um, beyond that, I don't care. Why is that? Why is this in here? This is it, a historical day. It is. But I'm more confused on why that happens. But 1991, going to Detroit Pistons, Joe uh, Dumars ends his NBA throw streak of 62 games. So for 62 games in a row, every three th- free throw he made. That's impressive. That's a lot. That's impressive. Um, What else? Nah, no, 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 no. Uh, Some of these are just talking about other streaks, but nothing incredible of importance. Uh, That's actually pretty dope, just in the form of golf. Um, Ooh, that's a good In 2009, the Kraft Nabisco Championship for Women's Golf in Mission Hills. CC, I don't know what that means. Brittany Linkum. Eagles, the final hole to win her first major title, to win by one stroke. Holy shit. To beat shit. Christy Kerr. That's pretty oh, dope. That's why shit. I brought it up. Because you got you got to make an eagle to win. That's freaking That's frif- difficult. Uh, oh, my gosh. You must yeah. be so hyped. Uh, don't care about that. And that will end it on there. So that is our day in sports history.
0: Nice. That actually segues pretty well into uh, what I want to get into next. Cause Going into golf now? Yeah. Because right. we have the Masters. Coming up this weekend, and I'm excited. Mm. So I I always am a big fan of watching uh Milk McIlroy. Um, uh, I wish I had, wish I had Mike Yeon here. I know he's he's a big big golf dude. He I is. Know He would have loved to talk he about would. this, but this is, this is gonna be a fun one. And uh, hopefully by the time next week we'll
1: that's why I'm more Master stuff on TikTok. Okay? Exactly,
0: exactly. And uh, I'll definitely be watching uh, the Masters. Um, definitely not at work. Um. So that, that's something cool to, to kind of roll into. I'm excited yeah. to see how this goes. Um, we have rankings of uh, Scotty uh, Scheffler is number one, Roy McIlroy's number two, John Rahm is uh, number three. Well, I'm sorry. good for him. Patrick uh, Cantley at number four, and Max Homa at number five. Um, there's a lot more uh, into it. Um, I definitely want to get into uh, some some prop bets, but definitely not on this podcast, just more. Dumb stuff that is definitely not going to be I mean, betting
1: on golf is a tough thing to do, as it is, because there's... Especially You have to get through three rounds of golf Mm -hmm. to see where you're even going to end up, and that can change depending on your mood.
0: Yeah, I... I, You have
1: one wrong feeling, you ain't winning.
0: Oh, 100%. I've seen people just drop off the face of the earth when they're, like, number one, so...
1: I was going to say, I was going to talk about you last weekend, but... Or whatever we played last Me week last off. weekend? Whatever I, we played last
0: I, I I sucked last weekend the whole way through. I don't know what you're talking about. You dropped off. You could have gotten below 100. I could have
1: gotten below 100, but I did not. Change. Yeah,
0: I think we're, we're constantly 105s to one We are. So, And then there's my grandpa hitting like 95s. So, tells you how good we are. But mm-hmm. that, that'll that be a fun thing to watch this weekend. Who um, do you got? Who
1: do you, who do you imagine?
0: Well, I, I mean...
1: Just pick a person.
0: I, I Roy McRoy McElroy. Nah. Like, he's always fun. I like, agree. Roy
1: is great. I'm gonna pick a random one.
0: You're gonna pick a random one. Number
1: twenty. Kurt Kitayama.
0: Hey. Eh? That's it. You know what? I'll roll with uh I'll roll with Aaron Wise. There you go. Good old Aaron Wise at uh what is he number forty six? Wait. Oh, no, going deep. Because I'm a child. Never mind. I'm doing Dustin Johnson. There you go. Do you want to know why? Why number sixty nine.
1: Ah, nice.
0: Dustin Johnson. He uh yeah he's, he's got a ways to go.
1: But you never know,
0: but that'll be fun. So, uh, looking forward to that. And then, what I'm not looking forward to, though, which completely changed my perspective of the season, is the Phillies. Really? They uh, they suck. are one in five.
1: Yeah, I looked it up before we started the podcast, and I was like, Are you kidding? Me? I've
0: watched every single game, and yeah. I cannot tell you why they suck. It's just it, it, they're not. So, like, everything that was there beforehand is still there. Like, the, there's still the chemistry. There's still the guys. Like, you can see it. You can see there's pieces there that just need to be clicked together. It's and not it's, on yet. It's not clicking. Like, they're, we're making stupid mistakes. Like, Brandon Marsh against the Yankees. Yeah. He had an – all he had to do was kind of come up and scoop the ball, and he let it go right by, and that started a, a first inning for uh, Walker that should not have happened. Because outside of that first inning, he was pitching pretty well. But um, yeah. The the – he stranded way too many hitters on, on base. The uh, mm-hmm. the tra- the person that we traded for, uh, Christian Pache, who I thought was going to be a good addition, a yeah. nice little backup, like and Sosa, he has let eight people not... So, so there's been eight people in scoring position every time he's gotten up. Yeah. He has not hit a single friggin' one in.
1: Uh, so he hasn't gotten any RBIs in.
0: No, right? that, that's, that's kind of like the biggest thing is that we keep... The Phillies are doing what the Phillies do best... And they leave people on, on base, and it, it's so annoying. Yeah, especially like with with how stacked we are with Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, J T. Realmuto, Casianos, mm-hmm. who I'm going to give him praise. His plate discipline, discipline has been extremely well. Like comparative to last year, he looks a lot more comfortable in the box. He looks like he's he's taking a lot more pitch uh, pitches that to his credit he should not be swinging at. Yeah, but the umpires are screwing him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say umpires have still been rough with calls recently. They have been bad. They really like, have.
0: Like, and it's so it's it's not bad to the point where it's like, um, it's not Angel Hernandez bad. Yeah, it's but not it's Angel, Her- but it's it, it's been consistent enough for you, like, wow, this is a trend I don't like. Yeah. And it's not like normally in baseball you get like maybe one or one to three bad calls. Yeah. Like like where you are just like wow that's terrible. Now
1: you're getting
0: one to three every and inning. It, yeah, and that's that has to get cut down, and stop. I don't and I don't think it will um but it's it's just such a weird pattern like throughout all of sports the officiating has just gotten worse and worse and worse and i think that this this season's going to be i don't want to say determined but it's going to be marred with with umpires that are kind of like i guess determining the game ego i don't i see it's not even ego like there's like as much as i want to put ego on these umpires when watching the game they don't really have an ego they're okay. just they're just missing calls and i so like it's just a weird start to the season. I got it. I think it's the rule changes. I think they're trying to focus on the pitch clock while also trying to watch a ninety-five mile an hour sinker. Yeah. Um. So it's I feel like once everyone once we get into like May, people like things are gonna start clicking for a lot of people. Okay. Whether it's pitchers, batters, teams, umpires. So, hope right now April's just kind of like figuring it out type style because spring yeah. spring training it's it's good it gets you back into the flow of it but. Realistically, as a ball player, you don't start feeling, like, comfortable until, like, end of May, beginning of June. Yeah. So, it's it's a long season. We'll see where it goes. But Alec Baum looks like he's going to have a breakout season. I think he will. I'm so excited. Listen, another Alec playing for the Phillies. I say another like I played. Yeah. An Alec playing for the Phillies in on um, third base, which is my position. Oh, I'm so excited for him. And he, he's put in the work, too. He's put on 15 pounds of muscle. Has
1: he?
0: Yeah. And I, and it's showing. Like he's 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 raking. He's hitting bombs. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, Trade Turner is everything and more than we thought. His hitting, True. his hitting. I've never seen a smoother swing in my life. It's just it. Just watching him play the game is so fun. He's smooth sliding. He's smooth feeling the ball. He's smooth hitting. Like it's just he's such a smooth player. Yeah. And I'm so excited to be having for eleven years. Okay. <clears throat> just like Harper, but we, we got the core there for a while. Um, Schwerber was, was looking rough for, for the first few games, like always yeah. striking out and everything, but I think he started to come into it. I was just to say,
1: let him get his groove, and I think he'll be okay. Yeah.
0: He hit a home run, Uh, yes, last night, and then he hit a home run tonight, or today, actually. And that's all it really takes is just, once you start getting like that groove down, Yeah, he's fine. But his, his main goal for the season was to cut down on strikeouts, because last year he was... Yeah, way too many strikeouts. Yeah. He he gets deep into the counts, which is good, but like you have to either get that walk, foul it off, or whatever. And he there's just been
1: This wasn't happening.
0: Where Cassianos right now is getting screwed by the umpires because like legitimately on the broadcast you'll see like where the box is at. And, and, he, then, and yeah, they're yeah, they're just they're missing. It's they're like, missing it, yeah. It sucks. But, but like at least you know like it's there. With Schwarber, I feel like he still is he he's such a weird Case of hitting where like, he severely trusts his ability, but I think it might be to the point where it's a little too much trust.
1: I I can agree to that. Yeah, because
0: it's at, at right now it's either boom or bust, and I'm all for it. I I love I love Schwarber's hitting, um, as is. I think he's he's a fantastic uh, lefty that I hate the whole fact of like oh lefties against lefties you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who don't know what that means, a left-handed pitcher you don't really put want to put a left-handed hitter and. Analytics and statistics um, on that, like a lot of coaches kind of like base their their lives around it. Yeah, it's kind of I get it, but it's kind of weird to me when you have an all around hitter and then you take him out because oh he's facing a lefty. It's like no, you don't really do that. Schwarber's not one of them, but that's just something I'm noticing with a good amount of um, like pretty decent ball players. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see where Schwarber ends up in the uh, the home run tally because if he's already he started off a little struggling the first few games, but now he's kind of getting his swing into it, especially playing like in the Yankee Stadium where that right field porch is is pretty uh pretty short. I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, Bryce's stat too has been has been a nice little uh nice little gem, and we saw we saw it last year. He's always been a consistent hitter. Very rarely does he swing and miss, <clears throat> but uh. Uh, a cool statistic that I saw was that every single game we have played so far, we've played six games, he has gotten on base safely once. Which well, is huge. Yeah. Especially for, he's like in like the seven to eight hole or six to eight hole, which traditionally the people that get the most at bats, like, might be four to five at bats, are like one through four. And then five through like seven, where you might get like your four to three, and then like, it kind of like interlaps, but it's good to see that like he's he's taking his opportunities and he's making it work. Because even on the field he's a stud. He's yeah. making a lot of plays. So yeah. that's what I mean, is that there's it's the, there, but it's not hundred percent. It, yeah, it's it's there. You can see the pieces, and I think that's what a lot of Phillies fans are annoyed at, is that we see it, it's there, but it's just not working. And a big point of contention for that though has been the pitching. The pitching's been terrible. Yeah, especially relief pitching, even though we bolster that. With uh, Soto, we bolstered it with our starting pitcher, uh, Walker, who honestly, after that one inning, he pitched pretty well, um, but still, you can't have that one inning in games. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't keep getting into games where this team is made to rake, but unfortunately, <clears throat> in this spot, we're not there yet. Like, it'll click, but it'll take a minute. So we need yeah. our pitching to kind of step up, and our pitching has let us down significantly. I think before this game we were minus twenty five and run differential. Holy shit. And that's within and until this game, that was five games in. That that cannot happen. Um another cool thing um, is that Harper actually took regular BP. So he wasn't restraining or anything, he wasn't yeah. told to like calm down. Like he took BP, so that's a really good sign for yeah, for MV three. <laughs> so we'll we'll hope he gets back. Hope realistically probably beginning of May. Yeah because um, it does take you some time, because he, he is going to have to go down to the minors, get some swings in there, and then come back up, which, once it goes to the minors, I think it'll be fine. I think it's like two, three games. Um, <clears throat> the There is one undefeated team, though, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays.
1: That's shocking.
0: Right? Yeah. They're 6 and now. Good for them. So, really exciting for that. Um, again, this was recorded uh, April 5th on a Wednesday, so... It'll go up. Well, it'll go out tonight. But in case like you you listen to this, and you're like, wait, they're not undefeated. It's like, well, at this point, they were. Yeah, <laughs> and they were and, at one point. And baseball is every day, so it's really cool though, because like I love their jerseys. They have some really cool jerseys that they're they're playing off, and they're playing phenomenally. Yeah, um, I think Texas until last night was also undefeated, but yeah. they lost. Um, and then. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, Frank Tank from Barstool because every time I watch this band, it is it is pure entertainment gold. But he can't catch a break with the Mets either, and it's kind of funny. The um, there was the I'll actually on our Twitter I'll I'll repost it. But yeah, there was a video of him like freaking out because the Mets were up 6-0, I believe, going into the fourth or fifth inning. They ended up losing on a walk off home run at at the end of it, six to seven. So right, and
1: they lost today too. Th- that's what I'm talking about today. Yeah, it was six to seven. Um, walk off for one. The Mets scored three, and they scored one in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Brewers scored four, four in the second inning. They did. Yeah, but then the Mets scored three, so they tied it up. Then the fifth inning, they both scored two, so it it's tie game all the way till bottom of the ninth.
0: Uh, so then I was I was told differently. Yeah, so, but right rega- regardless, so they did have they did have a, a walk off, and Frank the Tank was unpleased. I bet. Um, but that that's kind of been what's happening in the MLB. Um, it's, it's been eventful so far just in the, in the first six games. Um, a lot of people that I didn't expect necessarily to uh, kind of make, like a lot of rookies are, are starting to pop off too, yeah. which is really cool. Um, some of the, the, the veterans um, are kind of slow to get their, their foot in. Yeah. Um, Xander Bogarts, who is uh, now a Padre, he's a shortstop, who, he was – who we were considering before Trey Turner or after Trey Turner? Um, thankfully, you got Trey Turner. and I love it.
1: Yeah. But no, he, Sander
0: Bogarts, is having a phenomenal season too. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. So it'll, it'll it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, and then just quickly on a filling note because thank the Lord. Oh, are you going into him? Mm-hmm. Thank God. It's looking. His 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 odds are like minus six hundred M- now.
1: MVP. Yep. MVP VP You can do it. I've tried MVP. I'm just saying MVP. MVP VP. There we go. <laughs> <Okay. Joel> Embiid <laughs> killed it last night even after the Phillies near or not Phillies. Sixers almost shot themselves in the foot multiple times.
0: I don't um, understand. I I still Oh, I wish we had Jimmy Butler not, and not Tobias Harris. We're not oh huge
1: God. into basketball, but we are growing into it. I literally have up stats now just because I'm getting into the Sixers more. Okay. We plan on going into the playoff games when they play the uh, the Nets, the first. Um, yeah, I believe it's the Nets. Yeah, the Nets are first, and then if it all goes well, we may, may play the Knicks. Um, no, I think we'll, we'll it's probably Knicks play or somebody the, else. the Celtics. It's Knicks or Celtics. It's yeah. maybe one or the other. Yeah. But... Um, Embiid freaking for 39 minutes scored 52 points, had six assists and 13 rebounds. Quite literally carried the entire team on his back. And he's you, six foot 25, however fucking tall he can is. You say the end score. The end score, yes. It is 103
0: to 101 and against the Celtics. And Embiid he, had 52.
1: 52, yes. Yep. And um, you
0: cannot tell me that this man is not MVP because yeah. he is. It, it's, it is oh, after last night. It was pretty much decided. Even I mean, even country- it was
1: scary though because Celtics had a had a chance for a buzzer beater and did not get it. Thank, Thank God. God
0: because like our bench did not play. No, Tobias Harris did not do good.
1: Harris, what did he do? Because I wasn't I was looking at him. He was he was on there for thirty four minutes, six rebounds, two assists, five points. Yep. James Harden though, who's being a yeah being a guard for right now. Twenty points, ten assists, five rebounds. Forty minutes of time. Mm-hmm. Maxie also is shitting the bed. Yeah. Five points, one assist, four rebounds, forty minutes of time. Yeah. Freaking But,
0: but I'll, I'll give Maxie a pass because all season he's been doing well. Yeah. But Harris has, yeah. has just not been it
1: Freaking at all. Freaking Jalen McDaniels, I don't even know who you are yet, had more points though than Tobias in fifteen minutes with two rebounds and eight points. What about uh what about Tucker? Tucker, where you at, Tucker? Oh, PJ Tucker, 11.0 assists, two rebounds, twenty seven minutes. Can you can you tell me what his three
0: point uh percentage was though? I can look it up. I don't know if it's gonna show. Cause I know he was he was uh he was giving the Celtics oh, a hard time. Three point. Okay,
1: so against the Celtics, he was three for three. Yeah. So he was he was killing it there. Yeah. He uh and look at us looking at basketball right? stats, right? Wow. You've we have grown so much in ten episodes. God damn. Who who would have thought? I know. Let's see what Embiid was doing now with that. But keep yeah, going, keep
0: going. Yeah, so, no, just... To to have... Oh, he's only... Okay. Now, now the uh, the people that were on Jokic's side the whole time, like yeah. I, know, I know Perkins, he's he's pretty much officially, just through Twitter likes and all that, has officially kind of crowned Joel Embiid the MVP now yeah. too. And the odd makers now believe it too. Cause I, I agree. Jokic didn't do shit. Nope. He actually... He, I'm pretty sure he, he uh, fell apart when the team was looking for a win there too. So... Thank God. It, someone someone posted a meme. It was the uh, the end of Infinity War. when Thanos was like, doing yeah. like that, that walk and sits down with a smile. I was like, finally. What, now that I can sit down because Joel Embiid is going to be an MVP. And I was like, yeah. that, 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 that's almost every single Philly fan right now.
1: Very true. So, also, why not? Shout, shout out to Daniel House Jr., Got one minute play time on the Sixers. Hey, I don't know where you were or when you did it, but you did. You did it. I'm proud. I want to you. know if you took any shots, and if not, I will laugh my ass off. At I'm it. proud. Let's of see, you. Daniel. No, you only just played for eight minutes straight, and that's it. You know but what? You played on April second and went four for seven on field goals, two for four on three points, made ten points in total out of nine minutes. I respect it. You're getting it. You're getting your work in. I can see you're getting your minutes, except for yes, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs>
0: You did more than us, and that's all that matters.
1: That is true. Way to be a pro where I sit in AJ's grandmom's basement talking about it. Woo!
0: Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm happy for him, being, uh, mm-hmm. He's It really does look like he's going to get it. And like, the end of the season Sunday. Yes. So, if he doesn't get it, we all know it's rigged, and Philly will riot.
1: Yes. We're already getting ready to riot as it is. <laughs> um, okay, jumping into other sports before I get into the UFC, because there is a big event going on this weekend. Um, just looking at the union... Last time, well, a while ago, we talked about the uh, Union. They are kind of in a weird spot right now. They lost to Montreal, got a red card on the 18th. I know I'm going back farther. On the 25th, they lost to Orlando City 2-1. Against Sporting Kansas City, they tied 0-0 on April 1st. And then yesterday, they did win against Atlas. I have no idea where Atlas is, but they got a red card as well. They'll be playing against Cincinnati on April 8th. And then on the standings-wise, I think they're still in contention for playoffs, but or for the series, yeah, for the playoffs, but they still will have to beat Toronto. They currently are 2-1-3, and three, have a total of seven points. If they can win a game and beat out, and then hopefully New York or Orlando loses, they can get moved up to clinch the final series, as they're calling it. Um... Flyers, Flyers lost. They're on a the four loss win streak. That's all I'm saying because I don't feel like talking about it. Moving on, Formula One. So, um, hang on. Ah, Gotta love a Slurpee from 7 Eleven. This episode is brought to you by 7 Eleven. 7 Eleven, Slurpees. We love to slurp them down. And now, if you
0: think I'm editing this out, you're wrong. We, we were going to stop because my dog is drinking water and nope. the microphone will pick it up. But I need that in the podcast now.
1: He's good. All right. We're back in action. Anyway, that gave me a good breath still. <laughs> Formula One. Crazy race this weekend. This was the Australian Grand Prix. It was down under on April 2nd of 2023. Um, A lot happened. It was actually for the first time and I think it was ever... Uh, th- there is something known as a red flag. So there's yellow flag, red flag, and there's a couple other colors. Yellow is when there's an accident, but they have a safety car come out, drive around, keep all the racers in line. While if somebody like spin, like gets off the track and crashes, but they're not like effect, like affecting anything, mm-hmm. they're fine. They'll just safety car around it. They'll take care of the car, move on. A red flag means the race stops. Okay. Not completely like it's over. Um, In most situations, it's more like if there's an accident on the middle of the road, Mm -hmm. and they have to stop it because the cars can't move, they all go into pit lane, everyone's order stays the same as best as they can, which I will bring up in a minute, and then they basically restart the race from the uh, starting grid and go from there again. Okay. There was three red flags this race, which is a lot. Wow. Yeah. One at the beginning, I think it was uh, lap two. I'm just going to double-check because there was a lot of shit that happened. And then, just to go through... There was a lot of penalties racked up because of this, too. Um, First four... uh, In the last four laps... Oh, this is the big part. Towards the uh, end, in the last four laps of the 58 laps, there was two red flags. One on uh, 52, when Kevin Magnussen... I think, got knocked out. And then, once they got to 56, four racers got knocked out because they all crashed into each other. Yeah. Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, which are both on uh, Alpine Renault, so they crashed into each other. Um, Nick DeVries of Al and Logan Sargent of William Mercedes all crashed out at 56. Um, Meanwhile, though, basically just go top three as normal. Um, uh, Pole position... Uh, or P1, sorry. Max Verstappen. Shocking. He won again. Two, Lewis Hamilton. He's getting himself back up there. I'm very happy to hear that. Oh, boy. Number three, Fernando Alonso again. This man has hit third every race so far. Wow. And that is impressive because I did not believe it in Aston Martin. Also, number four, even though I'm not a big fan of him, I'm still going to put him there. Lance Stroll, good for him. Aston Martin scored big double points there. Number five, Sergio Perez. Big shout-out to him because he started in 20th. So he was all the way in dead last because he fucked up in qualifying and got himself up to P5. That's 15 places he moved up. Jesus. Some of the red flags helped, though, because when the starting grid went back, wherever those people were in the starting grid that got knocked out, people moved up, including Sergio. Okay. Um, Beyond that, uh, otherwise, though, I'm just going to say... Freaking Fernando Alonso, he's been on a tear just getting third after third after third. And I'm not even mad at that. That's impressive. He's, excuse me, currently third in the driver standings. Max and Sergio are taking the lead. But if Fernando gets one or two uh, P2s or P1s over Max and Sergio, he is in contention for the Drivers' Championship. I know Red Bull wants to do the one-two. But who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, there's still plenty of racing to go around. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited for it. The next race is not for a while because once they go here, they take a little bit of a break. Because the next race is the Azerbaijan race on April 30th. So we got 25 days until the next race. Okay. Um, it, it's a one month long break. So we're moving on from there. Um, next, I'm going to go into mixed martial arts in general. Um, I know there's a few boxing events also coming up too, like Ryan Garcia and they um, De- uh, not Deontay Warner, wrong people. Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis. They will be fighting on April 22nd, so I'm not really focused on them yet, but that is going to be a fantastic fight. I'm also still waiting for and um, eh, what is it? I want to hear more about. What Francis Ngannou is going to do if he's actually going to fight Tyson Fury. I don't believe it, but we'll see. But we're going to sit on that when some more stuff comes up. I do have other news with the UFC as well that I'm going to bring up. Because before I get into fights itself, the UFC's parent company, Endeavor, has bought out the WWE. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Endeavor, which is the uh, parent company of the UFC... Has bought out the uh, WWE. They're gonna merge together, um, and what? they're merged to merge under Endeavor. WWE's gonna. Oh, merge okay. Yeah, I thought you meant. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, Vince Mahone, Mc, uh, yeah, Mahone, Mick Mahone, Mahone. I forget how Vince's name goes. I don't know. Is gonna serve as the executive chair, and Ari Emanuel is gonna serve as the CEO. It's a twenty-one billion plus like project that's gonna happen. That's insane. Um, Endeavor is going to hold 51% of the controlling interest. Um, WWE shareholders will hold, hold 49 I have no idea what that's going to mean. More on the WWE side, because UFC doesn't really pay fighters the greatest. Are they going to lower the price for wrestlers? Are they going to um, mess with that? Or is the UFC going to adopt a wrestling type of style where it's not about the actual skill of the people, it's about all of the... Uh, ratings that they can bring in who knows we're gonna find out as this moves forward i'm a little nervous but we'll see what uncle dana wants to do about it um moving on to the uh, pfl they started their season um this week or last week and very excited to have that happen pfl is one of the smaller leagues that is a part of the spm plus so you can check it out on there when it comes to the pfl they do it in seasons kind of like a base not like a baseball season or a football season but they try to do it as much as they can in order to keep it going. People do actually get um, points depending how you win, how you um, finish by round, uh, finishing, etc. Um, and even still, you have to be in the top four of your weight class in order to advance to the playoffs. Oh. Um, I just want to note um, one of my favorite guys on there so far who is ranked number two, even though technically there is a four-way tie for the second place. Bubba Jenkins in the featherweight division. I just like the name. So Bubba Jenkins is who I will be rooting for in the featherweight. When it comes to um, lightweight, I'm going to be waiting for Shane Burgos to fight. And then I'll get more hype about that. There is a specific fighter I did want to bring up in the featherweight division. Uh, Marlon Morris. This man is currently on. And this is from two different um, agencies or you know organizations. There we go. UFC NPFL. He is currently on a six-loss win uh, six loss streak. Oh. He lost to Corey Sanhagen. respectable. Um, lost to Rob Front, respectable. He lost to Murad. also respectable. Also lost to Song Yadong, very badly. That was a hell of a knockout by him. Um he also lost to Shaman Morris, and then in the last one, he wasn't looking terrible against Brandon Long, And then he got kicked in the leg and his leg gave out. No. So, Marlon, Marlon, Marlon. I understand. You're 34. You're 23 and 12. I just want to let you know you used to be 23 and six, and now you're not. You're 23 and 12. You're on a six loss win, uh, six loss streak. I think it's time. Yeah,
0: I think it's it. I that think Sun so, gets everyone.
1: Yep. Following up now. I'm actually going to a, another organization that we haven't talked about much before. Unfortunately, the last episode that wasn't going to be aired brought up something known as Cage Fury Fighting Championship. Why am I bringing it up now? Because I went to the event and it was a good fucking time. I honestly recommend that if you want to go to an MMA event, go to a local one that's a more, not, I don't want to say amateur, amateur. They are considered, they are professionals. I want to make that clear. There are amateur bouts on there, which I'll explain in a second, but they are professional fighters that can get. Um, basically signed into the UFC down the line Okay, but this is basically you can find this on UFC Fight Pass as well but I went there live it cost me $65 at the 2300 arena on April 1st honestly it was a very very fun time so when I meant by the amateur part under the prelims they actually had amateur bouts going on mm-hmm. um, there was two amateur bouts and even with the one amateur bounce. The, um, the main prelim, there was a belt that was going on. It's called the, uh, I think it was called the Next Gen uh, Middleweight Champion Belt. Okay. And either way, very happy for that. Uh, there was nine fights in total. All of them were really good, and some of them were very um, shocking to say the least, on like how they ended. Mm. Um, just to run through them real quick. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, except I know this guy's local. His name is Nick Ge- uh, Gebhard. He beat Michael Shevachan, and he is actually from, I believe, the Belmar area, if I'm correct.
0: Is he really? Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Fighting out of Blackwood, New Jersey. Still. But still, that's pretty local. That was pretty close. He won his his fight. He now has an amateur MMA record of four and three. But I do want to bring this up, too. He is currently now on a three-fight win streak. So when he started, he went... Uh, uh, he lost his first one, lost his second, won his third, lost his fourth um, fight. He was one and two, and then after that, he picked it up. Nice. And it looks like, though, for the two of the three uh two, sorry, th- out of his four wins, only one of them, though, was to, via decision. The rest were finishes via, via doctor stoppage, TKO, or retirement. The guy quit in round two. Good for him. So, Nick, we'll keep an eye on you as we move forward. So hopefully we see more of you, and hopefully you get into your professional debut. For that belt I just uh, mentioned, for the middleweight championship, this guy's name is M.A. Yali. It's literally M, A, -A Yali. Nice. Ma Yali. Won um, won the next-gen belt uh, in three rounds because amateur only did three Uh, via unanimous decision. It was a great fight to watch. Just good skill, good uh, takedowns, everything along those lines. Um, There was a lot of submissions coming up now. I'm not kidding. I think, actually, yes. The main card had all finishes. And it was fun to watch. Um, First one was Thomas uh, Paisano versus Joseph Schick. And in the second round... Uh, Thomas was able to get an anaconda choke, which is a fantastic type of choke to get somebody with, and he's now three and one. Here's my favorite one because this was heavyweights Ian Alston versus Daquan Buckley. Hmm. Daquan Buckley is a big son, and you saw him throw his weight around, <laughs> and he knocked him out in the first round in two minutes and 19 seconds, yeah, climbing yeah. the four and one. <laughs> And you can hear all through the crowd chanting UFC, UFC, UFC. That would be cool to see him. It would have been. It was really cool. We also had the option when we were doing our tickets to um, root for a fighter. It didn't matter really whoever. So Mm. I put Dykeman Buckley on all of them. Nice. um, (laughs) So the next fight. So keep in mind, me and my friends, as we all know, are still a little bit of gamblers. I'm sorry, my girlfriend. But we were uh, gambling amongst each other. Um, like, basically just making little bets here or there, $10 a bet. Um, but, basically, what happened was, this next one, it was Dylan Mentello versus Charlie Alexander. I had Charlie Alexander. My other friend, Isaiah, had Dylan Mentello. Charlie, in this fight, looked fantastic. Stunned Dylan twice. Hmm. And then the second one was a beautiful right-hand cross. And you literally see him go down to the ground, get up real quick. And I'm not kidding, there was probably, at that point, there was probably about 4 minutes and 50 seconds left. Dylan gets back up. Uh, Charlie goes for the takedown. Dylan gets into a guillotine choke and starts to go for the finish. By then, I would say there was about 3 seconds left. 2 seconds, 1 second Charlie fucking taps. The, and people Whoa. lost their shit at that. Um, so that was nuts to say the least. So Dylan Mentalo won Mentelo won via rear na- or sorry, Guillotine Choke, 459 on round one. Wow. So good for him. I Meaning, almost lose ten dollars, but good for him. <laughs> and down the line, I win my money back, so we don't have to care about that. So here's the other thing about these local events that are pretty cool. When you have like when you have these like more, I want to say regional circuits of professional fighters, you're gonna have a fan base come with you. Yeah. This one comes up to Riley Palmer. Riley Palmer, I think, had about fifty people there with his name on their backs, like in jerseys and stuff like that. I think he's uh, fighting out of American top team. And he was fighting against Donzell. Um, Donziel, sorry, there's an eye there. Donzil Marshall. And sure enough, Riley Palmer won via submission on an armbar on four minutes and 56 seconds of round one. So, again, very close to the wire. Yeah. And the crowd blew the fuck up. Yeah. Funny thing after that, the moment he was done, they all left. <laughs> Which meant I was able to get better seats. So I ain't even uh, kidding. Um, moving on from there, Eric Nolan versus Blaine Richards, another fucking submission at 441 of round two via Blaine Richards. He's now six and two. Very happy for that. Now we have the co-main, which was for the vacant bantamweight championship. Now this is big. Um, we had Wilson Nijgroni. I'm going to butcher that. I'm sorry to my Albanian friends. He is from Albania, which I want to bring back up in a minute. And then there was also a Sheik, a Jim that was fighting as well. Um, This was a good back and forth fight from beginning to end. But I will say this: I think Wilson won um, like overall, and then got striking at the end, won by knockout. Overall, very fantastic win for one minute and nine, at one minute and nine seconds in round three. When I was there, obviously, as I said, he is from Albania. He had a massive support. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. There was Albanian flags everywhere. People were going nuts when he was fighting. Actually, to the point where security was like, you guys have to take a step back because you're getting wow. a little too crazy. And I understood because the support is there. Yeah. And all around, you could feel the energy flowing. He did win. I'm not taking this away from him. However, when we were there... It looked like there was a clash of heads, mm. and then he was able to take advantage of that from there. Because it looked like clash of heads, they both got stunned from it. But Wilson reacted, took, got a punch afterwards, which was clean, and was able to finish Ashika Jim. Okay. Now I'm not taking that away from him because again, I can't because obviously he won. The refs went with it. I'm gonna go with it. Very happy about it. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how he defends the uh bantamweight title now. Um, as for Ashik, I did see his family there, and I did see his family go. Oh shit! <laughs> um, he lost, so they basically bolted out the door. By then, most of the arena was gone <laughs> for the um, last event, the welterweight championship for the um, oh yeah, for the uh, Cage Fury FC welterweight championship. Charlie Radtke versus Raheem Forrest. Raheem Forrest was, and I have to say it like that, was the uh, was the former welterweight champion, but did lose to Charlie Radtke via rear naked choke of uh, the first round at four minutes and twenty seconds. Mm. So Charlie Radtke moved up to seven and three and now holds the welterweight belt. Honestly, when it comes to both of these, Wilson and Charlie, because they are now considered their champions of their of uh, CFFC, they need more time. Yeah. Um, not because I'm saying they're not ready for, like, UFC or anything like that. Welterweight is a very stacked division in the UFC. And I'm not even talking about Usman, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns, those three. I'm talking even the bottom 15, or, or the number 15, Michael Pereira, Jack Della Maddalena, um, Neil Magney. 12, 13, 14, 15. They are fucking tough people. Yeah. Specifically for um Charlie, he needs some more time. I would say to def- try to defend your belt a couple more times. Get that experience of what it's like to be in the ring because you've only fought seven times. Or sorry, 10 times. Get a couple more under your belt and then go try to take on the UFC if they sign you. If not, Honestly, Bellator PFL, not a bad movie. Yeah. When it comes to the Bantamweight belt with Wilson, same exact thing. I understand you have a following. You've dedicated your life because you came from all the way to Albania to here to do this. Keep the grind going. I think you can get there, but Bantamweight is probably just as scary, if not scarier than what I just said with welterweight. Because even at the top 15... Adrian Yanez, especially Umar Nurgamedov. Umar, scary. He should be eventually fighting in the top five, even though he's ranked 11. Okay. Um weight stacked, so you got a lot of work to do. Um, beyond that, the only person I actually would say throw to the UFC, because there is such a shallow pool, Daquan Buckley. Okay. Definitely need to work on your cardio, but get a couple more wins. And honest to God, if they're all flashy like they have been, go to the UFC. You're going to be t- fighting some tough people in heavyweight. Um, I don't not, – I'm not talking top five for heavyweights because I don't – when it comes to them, uh, John Jones, no. Cyril God, no. Stipe, no. Sergey, no. Curtis, no. Tom, no. Now, do you think he can actually fight them down the line? If he were to—them, if he has training, if he has dedication, yes. Okay. But I need to see a lot from him. But when it comes to the shallow weight of heavyweights, Mm -hmm. even—what's his name? And I love him, and I'm going to bring him back up in a minute. Chris Barnett. You could fight—he could fight Chris Barnett. He'd probably lose at Mm -hmm. this point. But with a little more training, I think he could take him. Okay. Um— Which is a good segue, though, the lead into this weekend's event of UFC 287, Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya 2. This is going to be on April 8th at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This will be taking uh, place at the Kaiser Center in Miami, Florida. Woo! Uh first and foremost, I want to say this card is fucking lit on the main event. Some of the prelims are pretty good, too, what I want to get on to. And then, it's a shame because there was more on the even the early prelims that I was excited to talk about. But unfortunately, there was two cancellations that I do want to bring up. The first one is, sadly, Chris Barnett. He did have to pull from the fight, so what are you going to do? Um... I don't know much about why he got knocked out of it, but he got removed from early pre not early prelims. I'm sorry, prelims. And then the second one that happened that was also big, um, which hurt me a little bit too, which is also on the prelims, is Lee Ji- uh Lee Jin Lang. Legion Lion is also known as The Leech. I would now refer to him as The Leech. Unfortunately, he had some back issues and now had to get spinal surgery. Damn. So he is out. And Michael Chaza uh, Ch- is unfortunately without an opponent, so he is not going to fight this uh, card either. I was very excited for that fight. I think that would have been great to watch. I think The Leech honestly should be in the top 15, but unfortunately that's not the case. This actually, this fight would have did it to because... Michael is ranked 13. DeLeach could have went back into rankings after this, but unfortunately not. Um, Regarding um, everything else, though, Uh, good news, though, for Chris Barnett's opponent, Chase Sherman, he is still fighting. He's actually going to be facing a guy named Carl Williams. I'll come back to him in a little bit. Early prelims-wise, the only ones that I'm going to focus on um, that really, like, I cared about, uh, there's two that we have. The featherweights, um, the second fight in Shawn Yan. That's thirty nine and ten versus Steve Garcia. That's thirteen and five. So a big amount of experience on Shah, So we'll see how he does. Featherweights are always a battle. Great to watch. Miami will love that. At a catchweight fight, and I think this is because there was a cancellation from Nicholas Mata. We also have Ignacio Bahamondes, which I love saying his last name, hence why <laughs> he's brought up, is going to be fighting Trey Ogden who came in um, as a quick replacement. Thank you, Trey, for coming in to make this happen. He's 13-4 for Ignacio. Trey is 16-5. That should just be a good fight overall. Nice. You also have Cynthia Calvillo versus Lupita Ganides. 9-5 for Cynthia. Lupita's 8-3. I don't know. When it comes to women women, MMA, Jesus Christ. There you go. Women MMA. Way to get through this It gets a little tough. Yeah. Um... Prelims, though, I'm actually going to get a little more deep into because I want to see how this goes. Anyway, going back into prelims. um, Just jumping in, there's actually... Oh, that's early prelims. No, thank you. Uh, The big one... or There's a couple on here that are actually nice. Number one... They're out of order because I hate their website for UFC sometimes. Heavyweight bout, Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman. I was very excited to see Chase versus... um, versus Chris Barnett. But I'm excited to see what Carl Williams brings to the table cuz he is 8 and 1. Uh, the, he's coming off a win, Chase is coming off a loss. Carl is currently on a five-fight win streak. He's 8-1, three wins by knockout, free uh, three first round finishes, 61% striking accuracy. So we'll see how that goes. Sherman is currently like I said on a loss. He is uh 16 and 11. 15 wins by knockout, though. 12 first-round finishes. Uh, 46 striking accuracy. Let's see. He is only on a one-loss win streak. Honest to God, I want to see Carl Williams, even though it's a short notice, so Chase may have a little more you know, energy in him because uh, Chris Barnett pulled out early. Or recently. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, Carl can pull something up. Yeah, with odds, real quick, he's plus 190. Not too bad. They don't have the odds for knockout, but I would assume it's a little bit higher. Fuck it. Put him on for knockout. Let's see what happens. See if he comes in, tries to get a quick paycheck, and moves on out. Yeah. Moving on to middleweight. Gerald Mirscherot versus Joe Pfeiffer. I feel like we just saw Joe's name recently, but I'm not too sure. Uh, Gerald. Gerald, actually, I feel bad. He One of his most recent fights, unfortunately, was by Kamzat Chimaev and got knocked out in the first round pretty quickly. But he t- came back, though, and turned it into a win right after that um, against Silva. So he is currently 35 and 15. He is a, has six wins by knockout, seven, 27 by submission. Wow. And then 15 first round finishes. So he is going wow. to grapple the shit out of you. For real. Um, so hopefully, the other guy, as his name is Joe Piper, will have a chance. Joe Pfeiffer is currently 10-2 in um, the UFC. His his nickname is Body Bags. And he has seven wins by knockout, two by submission, five first-round finishes. Uh, Let's see if he has any takedown defense on here. 50% takedown defense. Maybe that will work. This is only his second fight in the UFC. So this is going to be big for Joe to keep his streak going. So let's see how that goes. Um, Next on there, honestly, if anything, though... Joe by knockout, if not Gerald by submission. Joe by knockout 650, so that's going to be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, Gerald by submissions plus 275. That's still looking good. If it's going by decision, if you really want to put it, you could put it for Gerald, but that's plus 800. I don't think it's making it all three rounds. Moving on. Under the women's strawweight, just because the name is very rem- uh, remembrance. Michelle Watterson versus Luna Pinero. Michelle Waterson's ranked 10. Luna is ranked 15. Or Luana, I'm sorry. There's a second A in there. L U A N A. Michelle is 18 and 10, coming off a loss. Luana is 10 and 1, coming off a win. Honestly, the last time somebody was coming off a win, they didn't uh, for women's MMA. They did not win. So I wonder if she's coming in flying too close to the sun. Maybe Michelle got it in her. I don't know. Women's MMA is a little bit harder for me to predict. Unless you're in the top five, like Jessica Andre, who can just kill it. Yeah. Um, But fuck it, we'll say. Luana, there's no money line. I can't tell you the odds. Um, Mostly wins by subs, both of them. So this is going to go to the ground, and whoever's subbing is subbing. So somebody's going to sub each other. I just don't know who. Yeah. Moving on to the last event, or fight, on the prelims. This one's huge. To me. Because I've been watching this guy. I... Hope he will listen to this episode one day because I mulled my body off this man. (laughs) His name is Kelvin Gatlin. He is uh, 17-8 in the UFC. He had Fight of the Night in 2019 versus Israel Adesanya. It was a hell of a fight. I loved every second of it. And I loved watching this man ever since. However, unfortunately, he has been on a... Two, I don't I don't forget what the event result for this one is. A two-fight win streak against Cannoneer vs. Gatselm. I think it was considered a draw um, or something, or a no contest. Something happened where it was a no contest, I believe. That's rough. Uh, yeah. It doesn't say what, so we're just going to move on. He's 17-8, and eight, seven wins by knockout, four by submission, six first-round finishes. Kelvin is currently ranked 15 in middleweight. He has come from grace um, when he was fighting Adesanya. I think he was, like, number four. Okay. Um, he's beaten uh, former champ Michael Bisbing as well. Um, overall, I was very, I'm still very excited to see this man fight. He is facing though a very tough opponent, and his name is Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis recently just came off a win. He is ranked 14 in the middleweight division. He is 30 and nine. He has 17 wins by knockout, one by submission, seven first round finishes. He recently beat Joaquin Buckley. Um, in his fight to keep that position. Uh, Otherwise, though, he's been kind of off and on with his fighting. Uh, Both are going to be good at striking. I don't know how much uh, takedowns are really going to happen. Personally, I want Kelvin to win. No offense to Chris. I think Chris is a fantastic fighter, too. But for my own personal body and the same design as me, a.k.a. The Fridge, I am going for Kelvin. The Fridge. The Fridge. Now we're moving on into the main card. Five more fights. Um, first and foremost, we have Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Raul Rosas Jr. is the All the Rage currently in the Bantamweight division. He is, I think, 17. Let's pull up his age. He is only... Only. doesn't have it. Great. Thanks. He is currently 7-0. He has one win by knockout, four by submission, five first-round finishes. I think he's only 17 or 18. I don't know his exact age, but I know he's the youngest fighter in the UFC. Um, And I'm pretty sure... Yep, he's 18 years old. He had to get his parents' permission and get a note from his teachers to make sure he could do it and make sure he gets his homework back on time. Uh, He did win his first fight via submission. I did see that one. It was pretty cool. Nice. So we'll see how this goes. Um, Christian Rodriguez um, is also in this fight as well in the bantamweight division. He is currently eight and one, and coming off a win streak. Hey, he is three. I'm oh, sorry, eight and one. Three wins by knockout, four by sub, five first round finishes. So we're gonna really put a test on him. Um, pretty good takedowns, but it's only two and four. Uh, significant strikes. He throws manly at the head, so Raul better cover up, better use that ground game and jiu jitsu to your advantage, Raul. Um, I don't know if they're gonna. Th- uh, odds wise, they're all saying Raul, but I would not say. Don't count. Ca- um, don't jump the gun with that. Um, to win by sub would be plus one sixty five for our Raul, which I can believe. I don't think he will win by knockout. Um, honestly, Christian Rodriguez has a better chance of winning by knockout, and that's plus eight hundred. Heavily consider that. I want to see Raul win because I want to see this man develop. Obviously. Again, this is a big test for him. He's already won his first fight in the UFC at 18. Let's see if he can win a second one. All right, moving on. A banger of a fight coming up. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Punzambino. B-B-O. There's two Bs, I know. Kevin Holland is honestly just based what I would call a journeyman at this point. Fighting whoever needs fighting and will do it in style. Nice. His fights are always bangers to watch win or lose. He is currently 23-9, 12 wins by knockout, 7 by sub, 11 first-round finishes. He is coming off a loss. He's actually coming off a two-loss streak. The first one was via Kamzat Chemaev, which, I mean, you're facing a very scary fucking wrestler that can throw you around like a ragdoll. That, he wasn't even supposed to fight him. That was with the whole Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson or it was supposed to be eight Diaz versus Chamayev. Chamayev came overweight. So I, that loss, nobody's really, like, mad about it. I'm yeah. Like, all right, it happened, you know. You got paid big for it. Good. Yeah. His next fight, though, that he lost was a fucking beautiful fight, though. He lost against Steven Wonderboy Thompson, the welterweight's kickboxing scare kung fu master. T- Stephen Thompson mainly uses karate, though, as I said, kickboxing and kung fu. He does karate, and it's fucking amazing to watch. And the man's like in his, near his 40s and still scary. But this fight, because I can't shit just on, I can't shit on just Kevin about this, Santiago, uh, Santiago Ponzanibo, is currently 30-6, and six, 16 wins by knockout, 6 by sub, 14 by first round finishes. I'm pretty sure this is the guy that did a backflip onto somebody. They are both showmen. They both want to fight. They both are going to make this look good. Nice. And I don't think it's going to go... Um, into, I don't think it's going to go to uh, finish. He recently just won against Murano, which was a great fight to watch. Um, otherwise, though, he was on a two-fight losing streak, maybe even more, I don't even know. Nope, two-fight losing streak. Both are going to strike. Both are going to be great to watch. I am excited to see this. If I had to put anything, Kevin by knockout, but Santiago could do it just as well. Three more to go. white bout. This is a nice one. Rob Front versus um, Adrian Yanez. This is going to be a good fight overall. Rob Front is currently... I hate this UFC website. Is currently 19-6. and six. Adrian is 16-3. Uh, and three. Rob is the ranked number 6. And I believe Adrian, which I'll confirm in a minute, is ranked number 9. Rob is 16... Oops, sorry. 19-6. and six. My bad. I got it back, backwards. A little bit of a... Uh, issues there coming off a loss um and that's really all i got for the moment good striking everything around there adrian yanez 16-3 coming off a win basically rob has to defend his spot in the bantamweight division because if he can defend here he can fight back upwards there's a lot of good talent in the top five he's just on the cusp of it can he be a gatekeeper to that top five area uh maybe we'll see what happens um We'll see what happens with Adrian. Um, he's currently on a better streak at this moment. Uh, if anything, to win by sub is plus one. one's out won 1100. Eh. Nah, it's going to be, if anything, it's going to probably be by knockout or decision for Adrian. So we'll see what happens. Two more. And the last one I'm going to go on for a while. Um, that's why I'm kind of speeding this up. But this is a big one. Welterweights. You got number 5, Gilbert Burns versus number 11, Jorge Masvidal. Gilbert Burns is currently 21-5, coming off a win, I believe it's against Neil Magny. Yep, against Neil Magny, whereas Jorge Masvidal is currently coming off a loss against Colby Covington. Now, there is controversy against him and Covington because uh, Jorge decided after the match to go assault him wherever he is. Meanwhile, I completely don't, you know, think that's a great idea to go assault somebody outside of the, you know, your workplace, (laughs) but where you can beat each other up in a ring. However, I understand why, because Colby is not a nice person whatsoever. Um, Masvidal is on a three-fight losing streak, lost two fights to Usman, um, and then the last one to Covington. He is now facing Gilbert Burns. Um, this is going to be one of Jorge's probably toughest fights in his life. If he doesn't win, he has stated he may consider retiring. Honestly, I can believe it because this is, go- he's going downhill from here. He needs to pull out everything that he has to have a chance at this because Gilbert Burns, my fucking God, is a hell of a fighter. Gilbert is 21-5, 6 wins by knockout, 9 by sub, 11 first round finishes. He did lose to Chemayev. But that fight was a fucking beautiful war. And it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, honestly, I like that fight a lot. Gilbert, honestly, could be. I would say if Gilbert wins this, they, depending on what happens with the welterweight title with Leon and potentially Colby, ugh, um, fighting, which I don't think he deserves it, I would put Gilbert versus Leon. I think that would be a great fight to have. Um, overall, I think Gilbert's going to win. Probably by submission. If he does win by knockout, that's actually gonna be pretty impressive too. Um, otherwise, yeah, Gilbert take- I think Gilbert's taking this all the way. Now, here we go. The main event for the middleweight title. You have Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. This I'm sorry, Israel Adesanya, they're fighting again. Yeah. This is actually now their fifth time fighting. Wow. So, the reason why I say it like that, before this, Alex Pereira has beaten Izzy three times in kickboxing. I'm going to confirm that. Um, It actually may be four times. Let's see. So, the third time was in MMA. The first two were in kickboxing. Alex won by knockout for one of them, and I believe decision in the other. And now in MMA... During their first fight together, which was for the middleweight title, which Israel held, Alex took the belt from him via knockout in the fifth round. And Izzy was winning that fight, too. Hmm. So it was something of just pure craziness. Israel Adesanya is currently 23-2, coming off a loss, obviously. But he is honestly one of the greatest technical strikers that you will have ever. He has beat Anderson Silva... He has beat Paul Acosta, Robert Whitaker, the former champ. He, Israel, Kevin Gottsam for 2019's Fight of the Year, Israel is incredible. He is a fantastic striker, um, has great takedown defense. He overall is known as the last style bender for a reason. Mm-hmm. He knows how to bend these things together, he knows what he's doing. And I think on paper, when it comes to MMA, he should have won that fight. Yeah. However, Alex Pereira, he is 7-1. and one. He is now currently, I believe, on a seven-fight win streak. So his first fight in MMA, he didn't win. Every fight, besides one, he has won by knockout. Wow. Um, he has three first-round finishes, and he has what I define as the greatest thing ever. Fuck you power. This man has a left Hook that scares people in their dreams. They will get nightmares from this alone. The man is tall. The man is menacing. The man looks like one of the giant statue stone statues in the uh, like in the islands. And overall, it just does not smile. <laughs> he's just stoic, and he is just threatening. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Yeah. He takes his roots seriously too into the Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. And basically goes tribal with them, too. Does the whole face paint, the headgear, the ceremonial shit. Dude is a fucking threat. And as you can see, even against the middleweight champion, who's been doing this for a while, came in, didn't almost lose in the first round. He almost got knocked the fuck out. Give it maybe five more minutes. Mm-hmm. Few, not more minutes. Five more seconds, it probably would have been over. Yeah. Whereas, and then the re- the other three rounds after that, he wasn't real. He wasn't really holding up that well. But when push came to shove, when he knew he had to turn it on and wasn't afraid of committing, he fucking went for it, and he got it. Nice. So, here's my thought process on this one. I'm not saying because you lost four times, three times to this guy already, you won't lose again. But the thing is when you there is a person, there may be a person that just has your number. Yeah, somebody that figured you out, knows like how to read you for some reason and just wins. And I'm not saying that negatively. I'm saying, as you could see, for two of those fights when it came to the knockouts, Izzy was up and then fucking happened. He got knocked out. I want to see, and I, I said this last time, I think when we did have out uh, Pereira versus Adesanya on one of the earlier episodes, I think that we were recording then. I don't know, because this that last fight was recently enough ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted Alex to win because I want the middleweight division to shake up. Because if Izzy wins, it doesn't really. Okay. Yeah, you'll have some fighters come here or there to win. Our fight against Pereira, then go fight Izzy. But it's not that ain't it to me. Yeah, I want Pereira to win, and it's not me against Izzy because I still think he's one of the greatest fighters. I would love for him to win. Yeah, because I don't want to see either lose. Yeah, but for the future of the middleweight division, I want Pereira to win so it forces a shakeup in the um, top five where they where you have. Freaking Whitaker, Vittori, Catanier, Costa, fucking Driscus in rank 6. I don't know if he's going to even get that close, but fucking hell. One of them to fight Alex to change up the middleweight landscape. I don't. It's not that I don't like Izzy. His fighting style is very safe. It works. It gets the job done. This changes everything if he doesn't win. Though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And hell, even if he wins... Alex may go up to light heavyweight. That's been in conversation, too. He's considered fighting the champion, Jamal Hill. Imagine that, too. And this is a big fuck you to uh, Izzy. Izzy tried that already. Izzy went to light heavyweight, tried to fight the champ, John Bohovich, and lost. It wasn't... It was a loss. He'd lost via decision. He he did. Got taken down. John was just bigger. Izzy didn't bulk up for it. Alex cut so much fucking weight just to get here. Mm. to middleweight he doesn't have to cut as much weight for that can bulk up even more if he really wants to and then have the fight of his life against Jamal Hill or if Jerry comes back in time that fight because if that fight happens holy fucking shit that will be fucking insane um but just jumping back to middleweight I think overall I want Pereira to win for the future of middleweight I want Izzy to win because I know how good he is. Yeah. This man may have his number, though, so we'll see what happens. Lastly, with that, what I said, if Pereira does win, who fights him next? I could see Whitaker uh, winning because he does have a win off the Tory in the top three. They couldn't let that go. I know there's talks of Kamzat Chamayev moving up the middleweight because he's not sure if he can make the welterweight as much. We'll see. The dark horse in all of this, because he did just come off a win marvin vittori hey will it happen fuck no but do we want to believe hell yeah the italian dream can use his orc fucking skull to go break through alex Pereira. could it happen fuck if i know we'll find out later though but for right now remember to tune in to oh sorry saturday night 10 o'clock eastern standard time for ufc 287 did i say that one right i hope that i did because if i didn't yep 287 yep
0: that, um, that is what you said. It is
1: 287, yes. April 8th, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's all I have.
0: Alrighty, sweet. Yeah, this is this is the longest episode. Yeah, I think taking two weeks off definitely makes it uh, mm-hmm. make some stuff to catch up on. Um, but we're not done yet. There's a few things that I wanted to cover. A little bit of house cleaning. Yeah, just some house cleaning. Um, the Phillies, we're supposed to have a home opener tomorrow, which is Thursday, uh, April 6th. That got pushed back to uh, Friday, April 7th. Due to weather. Yeah, do the weather. I'm going um, Sunday. And the and the very fun thing is that uh, Nick, Siriano, Nick Sirianni Nick will be throwing out the very first pitch for the home opener of the season. Good. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um. Another fun little thing that happened is um, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter a lot. I hope you are. Follow us. Follow us, damn it. At AB Sports Media. Do it. If you notice, there used I'll to be you. there used to be a little little uh, bird up at the top left. Nope,
1: there ain't a bird no more.
0: Now there's a douge. There's a Doge. I thought that was a really cool thing to say. Yeah. Um, also, too, the USFL is, is going to be starting up soon. Uh, oh, yeah. It starts uh, April 15th.
1: All righty. I'm the,
0: excited. The blob's coming to attack. Oh,
1: for the love of God.
0: And last but not least, uh, happy Passover to yeah. all the people that but we know that are celebrating it. So, um, again, happy Passover from from me and from Bill. Um Again, follow us. Do it. Follow us. Do follow it. Us, Do follow it. us. Follow Do us. Follow us. On our Twitter at AMB Sports Media. Um, email us at Bill and AJ
1: Media at gmail.com. Please send us any questions, comments, concerns, or insults so we can at least talk about them and have a moment.
0: Absolutely. As you can tell, he's, he's, he wants to be insulted. Yes. Um, also, make sure that to, to leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, but last but not least, my name is AJ. And I'm Bill. And thank you for listening to a Sports Media, the podcast. Talk
1: to you guys later. See you. Bye. If gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling behaviors.